welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and it's my hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Hello, and thanks again for joining me on Grace and Peace Radio. If you're a new listener, I'm your host, Anthony Russo. And if you're a regular listener, well, I'm still your host, Anthony Russo. First, I have to ask your forgiveness. Forgive me for not putting an episode out on Monday and getting this out so late this week. I normally like to put new episodes out on Mondays, and I don't usually have these queued up and posted weeks in advance. Last Friday came, and I had nothing. Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night, later Sunday night, nothing. For various reasons, all I had on my mind was the current Black Lives Matter social justice stuff, and I really didn't want to do a show about that. Monday came and went, no show idea. And then, so did Tuesday and Wednesday. I wanted to put something out, but I just felt stuck. To sort of complicate things, over the course of the week, I heard several people lament about how disgusted they are with the state of things here in the United States. I mean, it surely is a mess. So all the more, I wanted Grace and Peace Radio to be something you can listen to that encourages you with, mm, I don't know, grace and peace? But what to talk about? Well, this morning in my Bible reading, the Lord gave me something, and I'd like to share it with you. Before I get to it, one of the things I want to start doing is to give a little plug for my fellow podcasts on the Christian podcast community. This week, I'm starting with a plug for the Five Solas podcast. Five Solas Podcast is a Reformed theology podcast focused on Christian doctrine and current issues within and outside of the church. That's the number five, by the way, Five Solas, not F-I-V-E. You can find them at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Today I want to bring us back into the Old Testament, to the times of the kings of Israel. You remember that God called Abraham out from Ur of the Chaldees, and promised he would become the father of nations, and God would give him land, offspring, and blessing. After him came his son Isaac, and then his son Jacob, whom God later would give a new name, Israel. In the plan and purpose of God, Jacob and his family of 70 reunite with his long-lost son Joseph in Egypt. Eventually, those generations pass, and the Egyptians enslave the generations of Israel for 430 years until God delivers them out of Egypt, one new nation out of another, in the Exodus. After the Exodus from Egypt and the 40 years in the wilderness, Moses died and God raised up Joshua to succeed him in leading the Israelites into the Promised Land during the conquest of the land. God used Israel as his hand of judgment on the pagan nations there, wiping out most of them for their sinful practices. And the one or two that survived were made to serve the Israelites. After that came the time of the judges, when, famously, everyone did what was right in his own eyes, the Bible says. God raised up seven cycles of judges to deliver Israel from the consequences of their sins. Then we enter the time of the kings. It starts with Saul, whose reign ends ruinously, and God replaces him with David, who becomes the high watermark of the kings of Israel. After David is Solomon, 
And then after Solomon, the unified kingdom splits in two, with ten tribes retaining the name Israel and establishing their own kingdom, the northern kingdom, and the southern kingdom being called Judah, which included Jerusalem. The northern kingdom's kings were all wicked, some more wicked than others. The southern kingdom's kings were a mix, mostly bad, but some good. Eventually, Assyria raids the northern kingdom in 722 BC and relocates them to Assyria. The Babylonians conquer the southern kingdom in 586 BC and relocate all but the poorest of its people back to Babylon. I'll stop there, but we're just at the cusp of the New Testament, literally about 600 years away from Jesus' birth, most of which nothing is spoken of in Scripture. As I was continuing to read the stories of the kings, there's a phrase that comes up often after a king's biography is given. Usually something like, and the rest of so-and-so's reign and those events are those events not written in the book of the kings. Or sometimes another book is mentioned, like the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel or the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah. Those other books, they've been lost to history so we know there's nothing sacred in them to benefit us. Now, perhaps God will providentially let us find them someday, just for history's sake. But then again, maybe not. Anyway, today I want to read about the life of one of the wicked kings of Judah. His name is Manasseh. Listen to 2 Kings 21, starting at verses 1-6, through 6, which in my Bible is one paragraph, and then I'm going to read verses 7-9, through 9, which is another paragraph. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. His mother's name was Hephizbah. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had destroyed. He also erected altars to Baal and made an Asherah pole, as Ahab the king of Israel had done. He bowed down to all the starry hosts and worshipped them. He built altars in the temple of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I will put my name. In both courts of the temple of the Lord he built altars to all the starry hosts. He sacrificed his own son in the fire, practiced sorcery and divination, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord provoking him to anger. Well, let's stop there for a minute. Did you catch that phrase? He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord. Who determines what is good and what is evil? The Lord does. The Lord is the one who is the lawmaker and lawgiver in the universe. It's his universe, his laws. But also notice that the Lord was watching. The Lord was keeping account. Now, we'll come back to this fact when we make application later, but for now, let's continue reading in verses 7 through 9. He took the carved Asherah pole he had made and put it in the temple, of which the Lord had said to David and to his son Solomon, In this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will not again make the feet of the Israelites wander from the land I gave their forefathers, if only they will be careful to do everything I commanded them and will keep the whole law that my servant Moses gave them. But the people did not listen. Manasseh led them astray, so that they did more evil than the nations 
the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. Wow. As we continue reading, verses 10 through 15 are God proclaiming his judgment on Manasseh, including where God says, I will wipe out Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. Whoa, that's bad. Now, listen to verses 16 and 17, and then you'll see where I'm going. Moreover, Manasseh also shed so much innocent blood that he filled Jerusalem from end to end, besides the sin that he had caused Judah to commit, so that they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. As for all the other events of Manasseh's reign, and all he did, including the sins he committed, here we go, ready? Are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? And I'll stop there. Just as uh, Manasseh rested with his fathers, etc. And his son Amnon succeeded him. Well, how can we think about this today? Well, we might ask, how would you feel if every evil deed you did was written down and preserved in a book? I mean, think about this. You know, over 2,000 years later, we're reading just how bad of a dude Manasseh was. He was a wicked king. How would you feel if every evil deed you did was written down and preserved in a book? And then 2,000 years later, people were reading about it. 2,000 plus years later, I should say, people were reading about it. You know, when my wife and I see something regrettable now preserved on social media, we think, Oh, I am so glad I lived before stuff got posted on the internet. It's true. I can't imagine the dumb things that I said and did, especially before I became a Christian, that I would never want on the internet. And I'm just talking about the dumb stuff, not even the wicked, evil stuff of my own heart. In Psalm 90, verse 8, it says, You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. In Psalm 139, the psalmist says, You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. Proverbs 15.13 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So, not only do we see that nothing is hidden from God's sight, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him, what, to whom we must give account. Think about that. Not only is it recorded, but one day we're going to answer for it. Maybe. And I'll get to the maybe in a minute. I can go on and on with verses like this. Point is, the eyes of the Lord are watching. But here's the thing. If you are not a Christian, there is absolutely a book with all your sins in it. Without Christ, when God looks on you right now, today, as you're listening to this, if you're not born again, God looks at you and your life. He is noting every act of sin against his laws and his commands, everything you've ever thought or done, everything you were supposed to do that you didn't do, every righteous thought you were supposed to have but didn't have. Not a single one of them will be forgotten or not entered 
into his books. And on the day of your judgment, the day you will have to give account, you'll have to answer for it. And you'll be speechless because you will have no defense. Listen to these words from Revelation chapter 20. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened. And then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. But if you're a Christian, your sins are blotted out through the blood of Jesus. He who shed his blood to pay the penalty you owed. And instead, your name goes into another book, the book of life. Paul wrote to the Philippian church in Philippians 4.3, Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. In Revelation 3.5, in John's vision, it says, The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never, that's Jesus, I will never blot his name out of the book of life. So, Today, are you like King Manasseh? I'm sure if you asked him, he wouldn't think he was such a wicked man. But his opinion of himself didn't matter. God's factual opinion and estimation of him is what mattered. What God says is evil is evil, not what man says. You look at the world today and man says a lot of things aren't evil, that are clearly evil in the scriptures, in the eyes of God. Look at the Ten Commandments for starters. Not worshiping the Lord only. Bowing before other gods. And those are idols. Maybe they're religious idols, false religions, or maybe even idols we make of achievements or material things or success or drugs or alcohol or pleasure or sex. Whatever it is. Or there's cursing God or not honoring the Lord's Day or not honoring parents. Murder in our hearts towards someone or actual murder. And boy, this is particularly relevant in the headlines today. Both of those, murder in the heart and actual murder. There's sexual sin, stealing, lying, coveting. Every single time you've thought or done any of those, in the book. Lied, in the book. Sex outside of marriage, it goes in the book. Use the Lord's name as a curse word, in the book. Thought something evil, Contrary to God's law, in the book. How thick would the, the book be of your life, of your sins? Pretty thick. And on and on, just like Manasseh. And by the way, don't misunderstand me. I know I'm a sinner. I know I was a sinner. So here's my question. Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, like Paul wrote to the Philippian church, and John wrote about in his vision of things to come? Let me tell you, there's no misery like the weight of your own sins on your own shoulders. I lived with that for 34 years. What misery. 
And by the same token, there's no joy like sins forgiven. What peace. Now, let me tell you the rest of the story about Manasseh. Because you might be thinking, man, that Manasseh, he's a bad dude. And he definitely was. He's listed as a wicked king. But at the end of his life, he was humbled. He humbled himself before God. And he cried out for repentance. And he sought God. In 2 Chronicles 33, verses 12 and 13, it says, in 2 Chronicles 33, 12 and 13, it says, In his distress, that's Manasseh's, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the Lord God before the God of his fathers. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. So, by God's grace, Manasseh finished well. It would seem, according to Scripture, that for all his wickedness, Manasseh, once he humbled himself, his name was written in the book of life. So now, let me ask you again. Are you like Manasseh? Is your name now written in the book of life? If you don't know where you stand with Jesus, your highest priority in life, right this minute, is to get right with God. To acknowledge that He is God, you are definitely not, and that by His standards, not yours, not the world's, You are a sinner, and you need forgiveness. And that forgiveness is only available through repenting and believing the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why am I saying all this? Because there's no other way. The Bible says there is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. Without Christ, God must send you to hell for your sins. He cannot simply turn the pencil around and erase them. That would violate his own righteousness to let the guilty go free like that. But God made a way in Jesus, the Son of God, who, though innocent, took on your guilt and punishment. Justice has been satisfied in Christ. So now you have the free offer of salvation. But like any gift offered, you must reach out and take it. If you have already done that in your life, you know what I'm saying is true. You know the joy of being pardoned. If not, don't wait. Turn to the Lord today. He will save you from whatever your sins, no matter how many. Remember Manasseh. God saved him. No matter your sins, God can save you. Well, that's my thought for this week. Next week, I'm going to be playing a sermon from me out of John chapter 1. Well, again, I thank you for listening. I love you, and God bless you. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash graceandpeaceradio. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.